Hola amigos and amigas and welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Roundup with Dan O'Neill powered by our friends at RCG Mortgage. Uh, interest rates are at an all-time low. If you are interested in getting pre-approved, if you're an agent and you need a save me deal, if you want to fix your credit, definitely give RCG a call. Uh, thank you for listening last week when I had on Jeremiah Dalton, an investor, owner of Suffolk County House Buyers. The first two episodes have definitely gotten a lot more traffic than I had ever imagined, so from the bottom of my heart, thank you everyone. Today's episode, we are sticking on the investing side of things, but also kind of doing like life uh, advice, just like overall wisdom. So today's guest is somebody that inspired me to get up and do the podcast. Like I said previously, you know, I wanted to do this for a long time, but it was kind of just something where I didn't really care. If, I didn't really think that anyone cared for what I had to say. I still don't think anyone cares, but now I just don't give a shit. So that really is and truly part to you because you know you started this, you've gotten a lot of traffic with it, and you know it's just fun. So uh, today's guest is my inspiration for doing this, El Julio Marioso, Captain Permit, aka Charles Weinraub. What's up, my friend? Did I get that right? AKA the handsome homebuyer. Oh my god, yeah, that's the original. Actually, Charles was the original. The handsome homebuyer was, was the close second. The handsome homebuyer, so um, Charles has his own podcast. It's taken off. He does a great job, so this is my inspiration, so I'm happy to have you. I didn't know that, man. That's actually very cool. Yeah, well, Thank if you, you listened, you would have found that out. Thank you. <laughs> I But the first episode, that's what it's like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's very cool. Yeah, I mean, no, seriously, cool. you, you really are. Like, I've, I've always said, too, like, I've wanted to do this since I was in college. I wanted to do one on sports. I wanted to do one just. I always had plenty of ideas, but uh, you know, I didn't really think that anyone really had to, like cared for what I had to say. And now it's more of just like you know what? Finally, you know, from winning the, the top twenty under forty, you know, people are asking me, you know, how I'm kind of having any success. Mm-hmm. I've only had my license for like 16, 17 months. So how, how old are you? That's twenty five. Okay, so I mean, you're really, really young, man. It, it, yeah. This kind of stuff develops, but what, what you really want to do is like you really want to get yourself to the point where you just. You just really genuinely don't care what people say. Oh, no, I really, at this point, I really, <laughs> I, don't, I really don't. You know, like, I, I said something last week um, on the podcast and somebody texted me and, you know, I can start to see that I'm already getting some haters, but I feel like those people that are hating are just jealous because they're not, they're not out doing it. Like, they, they want to do something like this and then they sit in the shadows and they don't do it and they never really fulfill what they, you know, what they want to do. And that's why people start to hate. That really means like that means that you're doing something right. I mean, I have people text me like, "Oh, people are like talking about your videos." I'm like, "Bro, I I, I don't care." And first yeah. of all, if you are calling me up to tell me that, mm-hmm. then what? Who are you? Like, <laughs> why? Why would you spread negativity? And yeah. like, I don't want negativity in my world. I have this thing I'm like really bad energy. Yeah. So when I was probably like my late twenties, just not like doing it systematically. Just they just kind of started doing it, not realizing was anybody that was in my life that was really not ultra positive, come from a great place, bringing mm-hmm. me up on, bringing their up, I just kind of like started cutting them out of my life. And yeah. then as you get older, you know a lot of people, but you have a, a circle of, of very few people that you really trust and, yeah. and uh, are in the circle. So. Well, I mean, I feel like that's, that's the case. I mean, I've had friends that I've known for basically my entire lifetime, and I can start to see that like some people are starting to get a little bit weird around me, like, you know, not even because of excess, just because like, I'm having fun, I'm doing what I want, like I'm, I'm loving, I love every day getting up doing this real estate business. I love, you know, the energy. I love being able to help people. And I feel like there's some people that are kind of trapped in, you know, these jobs that they hate or, you know, maybe they're not happy in their life. And I can start to see that people start to get a little weird. And especially when money's involved too, like as soon as money gets involved with people, I feel like money makes people the weirdest. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I mean, just if I'm you, I'm just, I'm focusing on being happy, waking up every day, doing what I love. Yeah, absolutely. Giving value to people, being positive, trying to help everybody. And that, that's the thing, way. too. That, that's why I that's love doing this because, you know, I, I want to be able to provide whatever value I can. Like, if I say one thing that resonates with someone, if I have one guest on that 
that helps somebody pursue their dreams or passions or, or advice, then this is all worth it for me. Yeah. And that, that's the overall goal too, is, that, is I genuinely love helping people. And when I was younger, I didn't know how I was gonna get into a business where I could help. Mm-hmm. And now it's, you know, I'm helping with people's, basically their biggest transaction of their life, you know, the biggest investment essentially selling yeah, a buying. And on the flip side of this thing too, like I, I wanna get into the training aspect. I wanna get into to helping other agents or people that are just getting started because, I mean, as you know, the fail off rate is probably like in the high 80%. Like eight out of ten or something like that, I think fail off as an agent on our side of things, and I think that's just due to like poor training, not knowing really you know where to start, and kind of just getting thrown right into the wolves. Yeah, I think it's a combination of a lot of different things. I mean, I think also in general, like we live in instant gratification society, people to a large degree are, are are lazy, and it's like, and I mean, I blame the school system in a certain respect because nobody really teaches you or tells you what it takes to be great at something. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be truly, truly great at something, you got to be willing to sacrifice, to bleed, to suffer emotionally. Like it takes everything you have. You have to yeah. have like this delusional view of the world where like <laughs> you see your goals being achieved five, 10, 20 years down the road when everybody is like, you're nuts, you're nuts. Like yeah. I heard that my entire life, you know, segueing to the investing thing. Mm-hmm. I, um, when I was originally told people I was gonna, I was like, I'm gonna flip houses, it was, like right after the crash, I was like, I'm going to start getting into this. And people were like, you're nuts. <laughs> like, you're nuts. One of my largest investors today um, originally told me not to do it. Really? You know, everybody told me not to do it. My family's always very, very supportive of everything I did. But at the same time, doing what I do while I think anybody can do it, it's very outside of a lot of people's reality. Even like, so I grew up in Wantua. It's like an upper middle class place. By, yeah, yeah. by national standards, it's a, it's a very um, well-off area. You grew up, where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up in East Atalvin, so kind of same thing. Exactly the same thing, right? But when you think about it, um, how many people that you grew up with are really doing something great? Like you're stretching, growing on a daily basis, mm-hmm. right? Trying to be outside the box, living your dream. How many people do you know are actually doing that? To be honest with you, not, not many. Not many that I grew up with. <laughs> exactly. And then listen, and it's not, we're not talking bad about anybody. It's not no, bad. Of it's course, just yeah, that yeah. when I grew up and I was looking around, I didn't see anybody that was doing anything truly, truly great. So to, to go out and say, I'm going to go buy one house and I'm going to buy it for X amount of hundreds of thousands of dollars, which I don't have. Yeah. I'm going to find a way to do that. I'm going to get mm-hmm. the education in order to do that to make sure I don't fail. I'm then going to renovate it for this and sell it for that. It's just a concept that I think even my parents look at me, looked at me kind of like, <laughs> we're supporting you because that's who we are. My yeah. parents are amazing, but they're just like, you're gonna do what? Mm. And that even carry us today. Like I'm doing a deal right now in, um, in Oceanside. I just got this piece under contract. It's three nice. acres and we're gonna build a massive development there. Yeah. And even now, like people are like, oh, you've had all this successful living houses. Like, why are you going to school? Like, why are you going to NYU? Why yeah. are you, you know, gonna? So, for those of that don't know, you're getting your master's in development, right? Or so, I'm getting my master's at NYU in real estate development. Okay. I've had a lot of uh, formal real estate training that's non-conventional that I've got over the last couple of years, and obviously, I've, I've done a tremendous amount of transactional deals. So, yeah. I have the the on the ground real estate, but I'm always growing, always stretching, always learning. I will go to school and learn in some capacity forever. I actually want to go back. I was speaking to. <laughs> <laughs> One of my professors is um, the head of the undergraduate program there, yeah. and we're discussing writing a class at the undergraduate or master's level for me to teach one to four family investment real estate That's to sick. NYU students. So, do you do you have your? Did you get your bachelor's? Did you go away to school? Or? So I went to. Um, so growing up, mm-hmm. I was like, I have ADHD to the max. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you can tell, I, I'm, I can't even sit still. Like, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and I had like. That's why I move so much. I was diagnosed it back in like today. It's. I mean, you have a ton of energy, so I, mm-hmm. I believe it. But today it's like, 
oh, the kid's not paying attention. Yeah. He has ADD. Give, give, him, a, give him a pill. Yeah, give yeah, him yeah. a pill. So uh, I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I've never been high. I've never smoked a cigarette. Nothing. Wow. And I think this is the reason why. So when I was 12 years old, I had a lot of disciplinary problems. I was constantly getting thrown out of class. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents were constantly up there. And I just had a lot of energy. I had one professor that understood me, my second grade teacher, Miss Smithy. She used to be like, listen, she opened the side of the door. She would say, run around the building. <laughs> Real talk, run around the building until you burn it off and then come back. So you had ADHD, ADHD. <laughs> you give me sugar, you will literally see me start to like, I will start, my voice will get faster. I'll start like twitching. Yeah. I have, even now at 39, I have a ton of energy. Yeah. So they tried to put me on Ritalin. Mm -hmm. So I took Ritalin one time and it turned me into like a zombie. Yeah. So after that, I would fake it like, yep, I'd take it in the morning and then at school at the nurse's office. So when they weren't <laughs> looking, I would just throw it down the drain. Oh, shit. And I think that had such an impact on me about what like drugs could do to your body. Yeah. You know, I just never wanted to put anything in my body again. Really? So I mean, that's even alcohol too. Like you never, you never, you've never been drunk ever, not once. I've never been drunk. I haven't had a sip of alcohol in a hundred years. I've tried wow. it to see what it tastes yeah, like, yeah. to know that I think it tastes like shit. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't like it. I mean, I don't come from a family that drinks. Yeah. And again, like never smoked a cigarette, never smoked weed, never yeah. done any pills, nothing. And the crazy thing is too, is like as, as I get older, like I see a lot of the people that I grew up with, again, people that are my age, like they're all, a lot of people are out partying. If I even go out and have like a couple glasses of wine the next day, it's not that I'm like physically hungover or I'm miserable, it's just like, I'm not the same, I don't have the same energy level, I'm not as crisp, I'm not as sharp. So if somebody calls me and has a question or anything, I feel like I'm like, I'm not 100%, if that makes sense. Like I'm like 70, 75%, like mentally. So I, you know, I used to go out when I was younger, I, was a, I managed a restaurant, so that's, you know, the hospitality industry, everyone goes out, everyone does everything. So it's amazing for me to see like how I used to be and like where I would go out and I didn't really. I can see you doing that. Yeah, well. I can see you doing that. <laughs> thank you. But I'm saying like, I, you know, back in the day, I never really thought about it now, like, if I'm gonna go out or, or something, or if I'm gonna go out and have a couple of drinks, like I know that I need to be 100% mental for the next day, and I need to be sharp and on top of things. Because if I'm not, like it, you know, it's and you're and you're only 25. Like I'm not gonna say it gets like crazy hard, but like <laughs> it gets hard. I always joke around. I'm like, listen, when you hit 30, you kind of feel like you lost a quarter of a step. You're like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I already feel like that. And then I feel like I'm 100 years old. Trust me. <laughs> and then when you hit 35, you're just like, shit just starts to break. Yeah. All of a sudden, whatever hair you had is gone, and then you have hair coming out of places that you never <laughs> wanted it to. Like, my earlobe had like a three-inch hand. Oh, like, I know. I heard that on your podcast. What's going on here? <laughs> and, uh, and then I hear at 40, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just downhill. It just gets worse and worse. Oh, but uh, I think maintenance is really the key to life. Yeah. So did you go away to college? No. So I went to, uh, I went to, ne so I never really wanted to grow up. I just mm -hmm. wanted to surf and bum around as much as possible. Yeah. Um, so I went to Nats, I went to, excuse me, Farmingdale for a year. Mm -hmm. And I hated it. And then halfway through that, I realized I'm like, you know what? I might have to grow up one day, so maybe I should just stop not going to class and get my shit together. Yeah. So I went to NASA for two years, and then I went to Hofstra. And again, I went to school just to go to school, and I did well, mm -hmm. but no direction really. Like there wasn't anything that I really loved. I um, and I didn't really learn a lot in any of those places. So so after college, then you started working um, at the Audubon shop, correct? So after college, so my father owned a Mako in Brooklyn. You know, like oh, better get Mako. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he came to me one day and he said, listen, there's a location on Long Island. I will, that's already set up to be a makeup, it's been shut down for many years. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll lend you, I'll, I'll lend you a small amount of money. You, you know, pay me back and we're going to be partners. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to be there with you. Like, you're going to do this. And you're I'm on like, your own, yeah. I'm like, eh, do I want to, <laughs> do I want to do this? And fear of regret, in sales, fear of regret is the biggest motivator. Mm -hmm. 
So I did it as a result of that. Yeah. And that was an unbelievable experience for me. I did. I owned the Mako for 10 years in Hempstead, which I always say I, I grew up in Hempstead. Like yeah. I was born in, I was born in Brooklyn. I was raised in Wantaw. Wantaw is a bubble. Long Island is a bubble. It is not <laughs> re, the reality. Yeah. When you're in Hempstead at 23 years old, owning a business, dealing with, you know, people. And you're 23. That's wild. People. I mean. <clears throat> My dad, I mean, he, yeah. I have to give all credit to him for that. My parents were unbelievably supportive my whole life. So I got bullet holes in the windows. I got guys, <laughs> I mean, old true shit. I got guys fresh out of jail, ripping their shirts off, threatening to shoot me and everybody that works for me. He's dealing with used car dealers, taxi owners. Like, yeah. you're in Hempstead, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Hempstead <laughs> is not the garden spot of America, yeah. especially 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So um, I grew up there and I learned a lot about people. Plus, I'm 23 years old with no business experience really, and I am the boss of 35, 40, 50, 60 year old people. Yeah. I also, so my dad's partner came in and worked with me for a little while. He, um, he's a classically trained salesman, so I'm really blessed. I've had four unbelievable mentors in my life. Wow. Um, but he's a classically trained salesman, so he sold Electrolux vacuum cleaners door to door in the 70s. <laughs> I made like 80 grand a year doing that. Anybody right. that like, I mean, you can yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just think about that. Know, like, yeah, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> How do you like basically charm your way into some lady's house to sell her a 300 or $700 yeah. vacuum? That's yeah. what it was back in the 70s. Mm -hmm. So he had studied Zig Ziglar, Tommy Hopkins, and he trained me the, the art of selling, which is kind of a lost thing today. Yeah, absolutely. So then you are owning the body shop. Yep. What kind of... Did like one day you just woke up, you weren't happy anymore? Like when did you finally say like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna go start flipping houses. I'm gonna go start investing. I'm gonna go basically change my entire career path, taking a massive leap because if you don't flip a house or you don't get any projects or you you know, flip something, you can stand to lose a ton of money. Then you have investors that are coming after you. So I mean, what kind of finally made you just wake up and say, I'm just gonna take this massive risk? So, I mean, there's a couple of points that I think people need to, to take from this. So A, I never loved being in the body shop business, but B, I, I am wired a certain way. I have an addictive personality, part mm -hmm. of the reason why I don't drink or drink drugs. Yeah. Now, on top of that, I get bored easily. So my thing is, <laughs> I like to master something and then move on to something else. Mm -hmm. That's the way my personality is. Like, I don't do what I do for the money. I'm wearing like, probably $20 worth of bad clothing on sale. Like, I, I, don't, I don't care about the Ferraris, the, the, the cars, any of that stuff. I love the challenge of just everything so yeah. <clears throat> I never loved being in that business but I had a successful business yeah but it wasn't it wasn't good enough for me I wanted to rebrand Mako so I wanted to build the better version of Mako mm -hmm. and I was partners with my father and we're just we're very different people and I think a lot of people like there comes a certain point in time where you really have to get outside your comfort zone I believe you have to do that every day but very true if you're in a family type business, I see people that are in a family type business and it's easy and they kind of like fall into that groove and they stay there. Mm -hmm. For me, that was, it was very important to get out of that. So I realized at a certain point that him and I had different views on business in the world and that his reality is not my reality because yeah. he's 67 years old and when his vision, his vision may not be the same vision that you have for the company. So yeah, I mean, I understand that. Or just, just in general, like our visions, the way we see the world is different. We're different people. Yeah. And that's cool. It's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. So I realized I'm like, I have to, I'm not going to be able to do this. I have to sell this and move on. Yeah. So I had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad when yep. I was 27. Read it from listening to you. Did you? Yeah. Nice. So <laughs> I read, 27, I read it and I was like, I'm going to be a professional investor. Mm -hmm. Now, how the hell do I do that? Yeah. Um, so I ended up taking a one-day intensive at NYU on foreclosures because it was right after the crash and mm -hmm. everybody thinks when they get into real estate that foreclosures are the way oh to buy investment properties because the banks are just 
giving <coughs> houses yeah. away. They don't care. At the steps. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, we, uh, we know that's not true. Yeah. But during that, the professor said, you should join the local RIAs. So do you know about the RIAs? No, I don't. So RIA stands for Real Estate Investment Association. They have them all over the country. They have them on Long Island. I joined uh, East Coast RIA, which meets in Levittown at Domenico's once a month. Okay. So the first time I went there, there's a gentleman named Les Jansen who has since passed, who was one of my original mentors, mm -hmm. uh, who ran it, and then he handed it over to a gentleman named Carl Chavone. Do you know Carl Chavone? No. So Carl Chavone is a realtor. He's a performance coach. He teaches at uh, LIBOR. Really? He's an unbelievably brilliant, supportive man. And I trained with him for like three to four years wow. before I ever did a deal. Really? Yep. What? <laughs> Holy people, shit. People think that you can just watch a TV show or a oh, yeah, video I mean, and do it. 100%. But three or four years, man. Wow. So what, so you were still working at the body shop while you were training with him or did you? So I still had the body shop. Okay. I was training with him because that's the thing. Like I'll take a risk, mm -hmm. but it has. I have to learn enough about something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You, you learn enough so you know you're not going to get yourself in trouble. Yeah. And then you jump. Yep. And you figure the rest out while you're doing it, but at least you know you're not going to get crushed. So did you wait until you had like your first couple of transactions to finally make like the full-time jump and kind of get out of the body shop or? No. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't work like that. So <laughs> I basically, I bought, I bought the first house. Mm -hmm. We, we flipped it, proof of concept. And it was yeah. interesting because that gentleman was like, you can't do it, kid, you can't yeah, do yeah, it, kid. Yeah. So I call him up and I'm like, I don't have any money. I was like. I'm gonna buy it for this, I'm gonna rent it for this, I'm gonna sell it for that. He goes, you can't do it, Yeah, it's not gonna happen. So I literally bought it for that, I literally renovated it for that, and I <laughs> sold it for that to the dollar. Wow. I remember the moment I got that call, and I was like, proof of concept, and I'm yeah. like, I did it, and he goes, you got lucky. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> so I did it a second time, mm -hmm. and he's one of my biggest investors today. Wow. So, um, did you have construction background? Like, did you have GC wear? I don't know how to hammer a nail. <laughs> You hear that? So you can you can flip houses, you can invest, you can do whatever you want without even knowing how to hammer a nail. No, I have a very specific skill set. It's called mm -hmm. being a businessman. Yeah. I can't paint cars either. In my opinion, <laughs> in my opinion, That's being really or do body work, I can't. Yeah. In my opinion, being a businessman is is the most valuable thing because the act of what you're doing isn't as important in the sense that you can hire people to do that. Mm -hmm. But structuring a business, managing it, marketing it, setting up standard operating precision, yeah. procedures, payroll, all the financing, that is an art in itself. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like the thing with Captain Permit, like yeah. I can't draft. I mean, I know about permits because I've gotten in trouble more than anybody, <laughs> I think, because of the volume that we do. But um, I can't I can't draw, I can't use AutoCAD, I can't yeah. do any of that stuff. Okay. So, so then you get into this, so now you get out of the auto body business, right, eventually, so you sell that. Now what? Oh, I did it right away. Oh, you I, did it right away. Okay. I had that second deal. I said, that's it, I'm done, this is my life. Okay. I put the body shop up for sale. I knew that the money from those two transactions would float me through an entire year. Mm -hmm. So I'm taking risks, but they're, they're also yeah, the cal calculated, the calculated risks. Risk, yeah. Like, I'm not just like, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of did the same thing too. And then I, I mean, so I had probably a couple months worth of, you know, whatever saved when I got into real estate. Yeah. But for me, it was kind of just like I needed to change. So it wasn't as calculated because as you know, you, you know, you do a deal, you make a little bit of money. Then all of a sudden, you know, a couple months later, now you wait for the next deal, that money dries up. So for me, I wish I could say that I took more of a calculated risk, but I was also 22, 23 years old. So it was, you know, kind of tough to do that, but. You know what it is? I think people have to, when you really look at the root of all of it and you cut the bullshit, especially when you're young, like if you're in your 20s, mm -hmm. 
I don't think there's an excuse to not take a risk ever. I mean, I understand people have families and all that stuff. I get it. I'm not yeah. downplaying that. Like, in your 30s and 40s, okay. But if you're in your 20s mm -hmm. and you have any kind of support system, like, bro, if you bombed, what's the worst thing that happened? Yeah, you go back and live with your freaking parents. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Bro, like, that, that's the way I think every day. I'm like, if this thing doesn't work, if, I, if this 120 <laughs> unit apartment building I'm about to build yes. doesn't work, and it, it all goes to shit, yeah. I'm gonna go back and live with my mom, she's gonna do my laundry, and she cooks her ass off, yeah, yeah. and I go there and steal food anyway. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I move back so in funny. a minute if they let me. Yeah. My mom's like, yo, you're not gonna be Uncle Lummy, you're not yeah, gonna be 40 yeah. years old living in this freaking house, it's not gonna happen. That's so funny, anytime I'm, I show a house or I have like a listing appointment or anything, like in my hometown where I grew up, I come back to my mom's house, open the door, I steal all of their food, I'll eat like their leftovers, and I'll leave. Yeah. She'll call me like later in the day and be like, well, what's wrong with that? Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> really? So when, so obviously, I mean, you've had success, you, a lot of success in the investing side of things. You obviously took a calculated risk that wound up panning out tremendously. So when was it where that you finally said like, okay, now I'm doing the investing thing. Now I want to start doing content. Now I want to start doing the podcast. Oh. You know what I mean? Like what, what was there something else that kind of was just like, I have a great personality. Like I want to put this out there. It's not, um, so it's a bunch of different things. A. Back to my heart, I think it's very important that everybody understands like why they do what they do. Yeah. So I, I get bored. I mm. need to be stretching, reaching. Like if you're not growing, you're dying. It's yeah. that simple. It's stereotypical, but it's that simple. And I'm always looking for just like fun, interesting things to do. Mm. So I start seeing the podcast, and I'm like, oh, let's actually. Um, a friend of mine, Valerie Lampoon's Elephant Networking, mm. she brought me on her podcast. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna start my own podcast. Okay. And that's what I did. I mean, I got Audacity, which is a free program. I went out and bought a $199 mic. Mm -hmm. And um, I just started bringing people on that I wanted to talk to. Yeah. I don't really listen to my podcast. I don't even know how much of a listener base I have. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, can I can tell you just from like rumblings, like, so one of my buddies, the, the way I heard about you was one of my buddies, uh, it was actually your Mike Murphy interview. Okay. So um, I was playing golf with one of my buddies and he like loves like Mike Murphy, wants to get in you know, business with him so bad. So he like brought up your name, like just said he heard Mike on your podcast, and Mike said something. I forget what it was. It was like a really nice slogan. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, bigger is better. Yes, better. yes, yes. So my boy Pete, who I like, can't get in touch with, Mike Murphy. Mike Murphy's a legend. Like you know, the guys you never get in touch did with. Did I meet him at that event? Uh, Pete, I think he did. Yeah, tall guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kid. Peter yeah. Craig. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So Peter Craig comes up with this brilliant idea to make a T-shirt for Mike Murphy, which I did that. the same freaking thing. <laughs> I was like, bro, really? That's my podcast. That's my thing. That's so funny. So he did that, and he sent it to Mike Murphy, and he actually got a call from Mike Murphy. Nice. Yeah. Very smart, though. Very Who smart. To him, bro? That's what I'm saying, but it was because of your podcast. That's awesome. See, he's, he's better than me, because I made that for Mike, but it's in a box still in my office. <laughs> yeah. I haven't brought it over there. But, that, but yo, that's very smart. That's yeah. what you got to do. But that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, your reach now has gotten to a point where, I mean, you know, my buddy Peter Craig's watching it. Like, I know that's a cool. ton of people... And it's cool to see how, you know, you started this, what, two years ago, the podcast? Yeah. So it's cool to see now, like, it's taken a while for it to really kind of, I guess, take off and get yeah. listeners. And I think it's even cooler that you don't even really give a shit. Like, you don't even listen to it. Your, your motivation for what you do has to be pure and genuine. Like, yeah. here's the thing about content, bro. I'm preaching. So I'm not like this guy that's been doing content for 100 years. Yeah. I just started really increasing my production quality three months ago when I started working with my buddy Matt, yeah, Matt. our visual. Yep. So he's the man. Yeah, he I guess have a funny relationship too. Ah, uh, I, I love it. He he comes in and we're it's just like him and I. Like we're yeah. having an awesome time. But jumping that production quality the way you're doing here mm -hmm. with this gentleman will really take you to the next level. But you gotta be doing it and you have to be genuine. Because yeah, absolutely. if you are full of shit, yep. people smell it, bro. And they're not interested in that. There's a lot of people that are putting out content just to put out content yeah. that aren't giving value and most of them. Are full, like a lot of them don't even know what they're talking about. Yeah, no. <laughs> so 
have a pure motive. Yeah. Now, that's my thing too. Like my, my girlfriend was asking me, that's the only reason I even really know how many, I, I didn't watch mine either. Um, I'm kind of, it gives me crippling anxiety just to even see myself on camera or even hear my voice. So I don't listen to these. I probably should start. You got a pretty good voice though, bro. Thank you. Uh, my, my dad told me, like, my father told me that I said um too many times and I haven't slept in like three days. Ah, so whatever. So, but th that's my thing too. I, I'm generally doing this because if there's something that somebody can learn from it, then yeah. it's a home run. And I generally enjoy doing this. Like, it, it's fun to me. Like, I'm gonna have on Bacchus. I'm gonna know I'm gonna have a great time at Bacchus. Like, yeah. me and you, you know, we have vibe and energy. <laughs> that's actually a really good idea. Yeah. Bacchus is freaking hilarious. Yeah, no, you gotta let me do it first. Come on. <laughs> you, do it. No, you got it, you got it, you got it. You got it. Um, no, but so that, that's my thing is this is generally fun. And I, I'm interested, yeah. like, I, I love hearing about how people got started. Because all the like mega successful, even the successful people, everyone has like a, a genuine, like an awesome story. And yeah. I love hearing that from people that I work with, people that are my colleagues, like listening to your story, everyone that, you know, if I'm selling or helping them buy, everyone has a story and I find it so interesting um, just to hear like how they kind of got into the business and what, you know, if there's like a turning point or how they finally got to where, you know, if they had a job they didn't like or they hated to finally like loving what they're doing, continuously yeah. growing. And I think the content thing is just like, it's a home run, and, and you're killing it too. I mean, you you have the perfect personality for it. You, you got the following now, you and you're putting out high quality content. Like even the Instagram videos, the stories, everything. Even your little like uh, even the little Instagram stories with, with your buddy Matt. Like okay. that's funny shit. <laughs> it's no, funny shit. It, you know what it is? It's like people content is is vital in in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, because the way as I get older, I see like the way everybody communicates is very different. Even myself, when I think of myself, like if I go to search for something, I'll actually go to social media to search for something. Yeah, me too. People use YouTube and Facebook and Instagram as like a search engine now to a certain yeah. extent. So if you don't get on that train, mm -hmm. come five, ten years from now, when that's like the preferred means of communication, yeah. you're in trouble. Absolutely. And you don't have it takes time to build all this stuff up. Like if you want to do anything, you have to be willing to like, it's a process. Yeah. Like that's one of the things like I know, I'm like, the process of being successful is exactly the same regardless of what you do, whether you're selling houses, renovating houses, building apartment buildings, whatever it is. Yeah. Once you understand what that is, you can apply it to anything, but the process is the process and the process takes time. Mm -hmm. So you have to commit to that. You have to be attached to the process, not to the outcome. You say, okay, I'm gonna get the education. I'm gonna do this. I have to go through this pain period, etc. It's gonna oh, take me X amount of years to get there. Yeah. My my thing was too when I first got started. I mean, I, I went into this business knowing that you know it's a, there's a curve to it, right? Six months is a year curve. You're not really gonna make any money when you first get started. Granted, I got lucky because I was out door knocking. Before, like I was in my class, I was in the online class, and I was still okay. door knocking. So I had my first couple of listings before I even had my license. Smart. And then <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. So it was crazy. You I really sold like. Well, I mean, that's the thing. So, like, my first couple months, I, I faked it until I made it kind of thing where I didn't know what a binder was. I didn't know what a pre-approval was. Yeah. I didn't know anything. Anything about anything. And I was selling a couple houses. So, it was kind of remarkable. But at the same time, I was constantly educating myself. I was constantly doing all the things that I needed to do to make sure that, okay, you know what? Let me make sure that these first couple months are my pain period where, you know, maybe I'm not making any money and whatever the case. But I want to be able to get over that and educate myself and be smart enough or, or you know, have the knowledge to four or five months in not have to deal with this year curve. Like yeah. I, I jumped right into it thinking like, this is sink or swim. I'm not moving in with my parents. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sleeping on a twin size bed. Shout out my mom, I love you, but it's just not <laughs> happening, you know what I mean? So where some people, it takes like a year to get started really. I mean, granted, I, I wanted to quit so many times. I had deals that were under contract. You know, I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh wow, you know, I got a couple thousand dollars coming. Like I've never seen this kind of money before. And then all of a sudden I get a call from the attorney that I was using and he's like, yeah, the deal's dead. And I get my client on the phone like, yeah. you know what I mean? So it was. I had deals die and I wanted to quit so many times, but I, I thank God every day. Like I'm so grateful that 
my pay period and that little like, you know, that threshold that I almost, it was, I had one foot out, one foot in, I was gonna quit and then I didn't. I'm so glad that I experienced that in my first couple months in the business, instead of being like two years in, like holy shit, you know, I'm, uh, I'm in my 30s, I don't know what I'm gonna do, like, you know, it's McDonald's hiring. So I'm glad that, <laughs> I'm glad that I, I got that out when I first got my license, if that makes sense. See, no, of course, the, the concept is very simple. It's like this, it takes X amount of hours to be great at something. Mm -hmm. The harder you work, the more hours a week you spend, the faster you get good at something. That's very true. Right, so the problem with a lot of people is this, A, they don't wanna put in that time, or B, during that period of time, they're just like, they get frustrated and they give up. Yeah. And that's the issue. If you just understand that it's gonna take me X amount of hours to be good at this, I have to put that time in. If I do it 100 hours a week, I'm gonna get there faster than if I do it 25 hours a week. Yep. And that's the difference between hyper successful people and people that aren't. A hyper successful person is working their ass off while the less successful person is out partying, getting yeah, drunk, exactly. doing whatever. Now, I'm not telling you not to, have, not to have a good time. No, no, 100%. Understand, there's 24 hours in a day. Yep. It's that simple. It's pretty funny too because when I so I, when I left the job that I was at um, and I told my family, I, I always remembered saying, like uh, you know, if I'm putting in 80 hours a week, making the same amount of money every single you know whatever week or month or year, if I put even 60 hours or if I even scale that down and put a little bit less than half into to real estate, then I know I'm going to be successful. And my parents are very supportive. My family was, but they all kind of looked at me like crazy, like why are you just going to get into a business where you're not going to make any money? It's commission based, blah blah blah. It's a, there's you know a long time you've got certain people like Michael Ardolino who's in my hometown that I grew up in I mean he sold my mom's house 30 years ago yeah. if I did the 50 60 hours like I do now maybe even a little bit more I knew that it was gonna be a fast curve and I was constantly educating myself too so whether I was working 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. Yeah. I would get home and instead of go out and party or do whatever I would be sitting there like watching little Tom Ferry YouTube videos like just trying yeah. to educate myself yeah. so bro it's, it's the people like to complicate everything in life everything in life in my opinion is really simple yeah regardless of what it is so I gotta ask you and I've, I've had everyone on so far and I, I kind of stole this question from you so two things what is your daily schedule like your weekly schedule and then I'll, I'll do the, the second part after okay so, so daily schedule I uh, I'm not a very organized regimented person I wish I was better at it okay. my daily schedule is complete and total pandemonium <laughs> like, controlled chaos I would it's not even necessarily controlled like <laughs> I always tell people, if you think you can do anything, like you can have a plan, that's great, but if you think you can do anything other than like ride this thing from yeah. the moment you wake up. So I usually get up at 6, 6.30 in the morning. I wish, like, I want to be Brian Carp. Like, I, I want to get no, up no, at 3.30 a.m. and just lift insanely heavy weights <laughs> yeah. and then just go about my just day. Pictures yeah, he sends me pictures at like 3.30 in the morning of yeah. like a 500 pound squat rack. He's <laughs> going to start ripping them out. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not that guy, but no, I, I go, from the moment I wake up, like I don't own a TV, don't mm -hmm. watch TV, I just, I go, bro. Yeah. Like, I have this personality, like I need to be in a state of chaos all the time or I feel like something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Like I'll walk in and talk to my CFO and be like, bro, I'm not really comfortable right now. Like, it's, <laughs> it's a little mellow. Like yeah. we didn't buy 30 houses this week. Like yeah. the world isn't coming to an end. Like I feel like I need to function in a state of, of chaos all the time. So I'm always like trying to put myself in that place. Yeah. And then like I was at school last night, I, Till 9.30, I get on a train, I'm home at midnight, I Damn. slept six hours, I'm here. Right back here, wow. Um, that's impressive. I, I, I think that's really cool too, you get your master's, like that's, most people wouldn't do that, especially if they're already successful. But like you said, it, I think it's the board thing too, like you're constantly wanting to educate yourself and, and improve on your, your craft. Yeah, I, I mean, I always want to learn, but it's interesting that I learned this, what, what did I hear this? When I well, did, like, you, did you like school? Because I never really- no, I freaking hated school. Yeah, they were throwing me out. I got, I got instant <laughs> suspension, Go Mrs. Johnson the finger in seventh grade, like, <laughs> I was, I was a disciplinary nightmare. Yeah. 
just because I had a lot of energy, like, I mean, I just think schools in general are, are failing people, just failing them because it's just not set up to prepare them for anything other than being factory workers. Yeah. That's a different, that's a different story. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just, but, so what was it? There was a band, oh, Coldplay. So Coldplay was like, when Coldplay just came out and they were like 20 something, I remember hearing that they like won all these awards and then they hired vocal coaches. For some reason that like stuck in my mind. So it's like, yo, Charles, you went out and bought 67 houses two years ago. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, I'm gonna go spend $100,000 on a uh, NYU education because I can always get better. Yeah, of course. And that education has changed my freaking life. Really? And it's interesting because the professors there, they'll meet me and they'll be like, oh, what do you do? I'm like, I have what, 60 houses, 89 houses left. They're like, what are you doing here? <laughs> you should be teaching, yeah. They're like, no, this is what they actually say to me, which is crazy. They're like, one professor actually said, you will not be any better when you leave here. Really? When you came here. And I was like, it's and kind that's, of, that's kind of an asshole thing to say, no? People don't affect me. Like, here's the thing, and you, you definitely know this. Everybody has an opinion. Yeah. And when you're doing non-conventional things, people are going to be telling you that you're wrong or whatever, or that you're nuts. You're, I've been hearing that my entire life. That doesn't yeah. impact me at all. Even that guy. Mm-hmm. Bro, every moment of every class, I am freaking sucking in gold. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm going to I'm going to open a private equity fund within the next two to five years, and the reason why I'm doing that is because I've gone through this path, and this is a vital part of that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Um, and I think the last question I had for you too is work-life balance. So you always talk about work-life balance on the yeah. podcast. I don't think it exists. I don't think it exists either. Not not in this business, right? It's you know what it is. It's not that work-life balance is like people like to look at it as yeah I'm like working but then I'm with my family and all this work-life balance the definition that is different for every person yeah I don't work bro I love what I do every minute <laughs> yeah, every that's day. very true this is my hobby yeah you know doing this stuff is my hobby and the key is to align yourself with people and especially like relationship partners or life partners mm-hmm. that understand that yeah that's very very vital information I like that last thing I have for you is um, is what would your advice be for somebody that um, you know is looking to get into the business, maybe looking to get into investing, just looking to get into to, to stop what they're doing if they don't love it, you know. So if you go to work every day and you don't like what you do, like you need to plan to make a change, like now. <laughs> Life is too short to be doing some shit that you hate. Like yeah. if you are literally like can't wait for your vacation or this or that, or can't wait for the end of the day, like you got to make a change right now, man. But um, you heard it here. You got to make a change. <laughs> you do, it, it, but that's that's easier for some people no, yeah, than course. it is for others. Yeah. If, are you asking me like specifically investing? What what my advice would be? Yeah, what just, would your invest be for investing? And then you know, just in general, like if, if somebody, how would they get started in, in investing? So if it, whether it's investing or anything else, mm-hmm. there's a process to it all, yeah. right? And the first process starts with education. Start having conversations with people. Reach out to your network. Sit down. Have lunches. Have dinners. You know, watch, pod, listen to podcasts, yeah. watch YouTube videos, get a general education, then put a plan together, write the plan down. I mean, I'm not great at writing it down, but <laughs> I, I stored my brain pretty well. And then follow along with the plan. Now, the plan can change. Mm-hmm. I always tell people, just don't be stagnant, bro. Don't yeah. not do anything. If you don't do anything, I guarantee you nothing's going to happen. But if you do stuff, you're going to fail. You have to. Yeah. Like, failure is a vital part. But once you start moving, You'd be like, oh, this door is open. I was going to go in this door, but I see this door. So boom, you're here. Mm-hmm. And your life will evolve and things will happen. Life is beautiful, bro. It's about experiences. <laughs> yeah, like, we're true. so lucky to like be alive and be able to do what we love. Like, it's awesome every day. Yeah. I so agree. just fucking enjoy your life. <laughs> 
Just fucking enjoy your it's life. It's that simple. Just. Like, don't go to a job every day that you hate because you think you're supposed to have kids and you think you're supposed to get married and you think you're supposed to just do this and that yeah. and have your one week vacation. Do what you love. Because yeah. at the end of the day, it's this simple. This is dramatic. Mm-hmm. But I have a flair for the dramatic. <laughs> We're all going to be freaking dead soon. Really. Yeah. I mean, we have time. We're young. You're very young. <laughs> but in the grand scheme of things, you're like, does it really matter if I fail at this or I go broke or that girl rejects me or whatever? Like, I'll be fucking dead soon. It ain't going to matter. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I like that. That's, that's a good so, piece of advice right there. That's my thing. Uh, where can people find you? Where can they find the podcast? Instagram? You want to give like a little... Uh, yeah, my, uh, my IG is handsome underscore homebuyer. The <laughs> captain is captain underscore permit. Charles Weinraub, W-E-I-N-R-A-U-B on Facebook. Or handsome homebuyer, captain permit. We're on YouTube, Spotify. We're pretty much everywhere. This bro. podcast is gold. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yo, yeah. I'm really flattered, honored, A, that you'd have me. B, that I had even a small impact on, on what you're doing right now. Well, you, you, had, doing, you had the 100% impact. I'm telling you, my 100% inspiration for doing this. You're doing great things. I mean, at a very young age, you're, you're already there. Like, you're appreciate on the cusp of, like, I, what I would say is, like, I'm running around the office. I'm like, Mark. He's like, what? I'm like, Mark's my CFO and yeah. one of my oldest friends. I'm like, we're on the cusp of greatness, bro. We're right there. <laughs> like, we're right there. You're right there. I appreciate so that. So keep pushing it. Thank you very much, bro. All right. You should have me on. Or, I'm sorry. Fuck. Damn it! <laughs> Yo, I think he's ending. He's such a fanboy. He's such a fanboy.